Hi, this is WGNO Sports Director Ed Daniels, and welcome to our weekly podcast of the WGNO Sports Zone, where we discuss and opine and report on all things local sports. And welcome to Facebook Live here in the WGNO Sports Zone. You want to wave, Rich? I saw you trying to I already to did. did. I don't did need you your permission, sir. I already did. Okay. We're, oh, we're waving. No, okay. no. Good. Hello, okay. Facebook Live. Hello, Facebook Live. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl. One of the things we discussed on the show was the fact that were you shocked at the way the Super Bowl unfolded? And, Richie, you said. I said I was shocked at the way that Tampa Bay won. Wasn't shocked that they won. I was just shocked in the way they dominated Kansas City, an offense that really has blown up on just about everyone this entire season. Only nine points allowed. I mean, I understand that Patrick Mahomes had a turf toe issue. You can use that excuse as much as you want, but Tampa Bay's defense played great. They played lights out. They kept everything in front of them. Tyreek Hill didn't even have one, one chunk play. And I did love the fact that Antoine Winfield did throw up the peace sign in his face, what Tyreek Hill did to him <laughs> at the end of November. I thought that was perfect karma. But, I, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not surprised Tampa Bay won. I'm just surprised that Kansas City got dominated, not only on offense, but defense as well. Jory, what do you think? Well, I can't say that I'm surprised, guys, because... You did. You picked the box. I picked the box the previous yeah. two weeks. Now, here's what I will say is surprising. Like Richie said, I think it's really surprising that Kansas City didn't score a touchdown. The Chiefs never had a counterpunch to the Bucs defense, who I said would have the edge in the trenches, certainly, and they definitely took advantage of an injured offensive line for Kansas City as well. So not surprised at the outcome. I think that Tom Brady obviously played really well. The offense did what they needed to do. Shout out to the former LSU Tigers that won a Super Bowl title, Devin Whites and Leonard Fournette. And there you go. And you know what? Uh, one of the th- couple of things that, that um, well, one thing I'm, I'm really shocked about is this, is that, I was, uh, was not smart enough to pick the Bucks because if you look at so many of the metrics going into this game, they really favored Tampa Bay. One of the things we talked about on the program, if you're over 60% in allowing red zone touchdowns, those previous teams were 0-5 in Super Bowls. The Chiefs were 76% in allowing touchdowns in the red zone possessions coming into this game. That should have been red flag number one. Red flag number two should have been both of their offensive tackles were out, including their, re- re- their left tackle, pardon me, Eric Fisher, who was an outstanding player. So that should have been red flag number two. And number three was the fact that since 2000, every wildcard team that went to the Super Bowl won. The Bucs were a wildcard team. They went to the Super Bowl and won. Now here's the thing that was kind of a bummer. You know, I keep going back to third quarter, Saints-Bucks, Saints with the ball at midfield and driving. They complete a pass, they fumble, and the Bucks take over the game, and then they, they re- literally dominate from there. I think about how close the Saints were to eliminating Tampa Bay, and if that's the case, the Saints were certainly good enough to win at Green Bay, and they were certainly good enough to win Super Bowl 55. So the thing that kind of, I think, bums everybody out in a way, it was another missed opportunity. Now, one of the things we talked about also on the program was Lonzo Ball, who's playing very well lately, much to Richie's chagrin. Yeah, I mean, like I said, on the show, word for word, we've seen this magic trick before. We saw it when he was at UCLA, when he was with the Lakers, and now we're seeing it with the Pelicans. He is a spurty player. When he has a good spurt, there's a bad one that follows. We saw it in the regular season last year, and we saw it in the bubble. But much to my point, the Pelicans' success this month has been because of his play. And that's unfortunate because when you rely on a spurty player like that, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's terrible. 
I'm just saying that he's inconsistent. But Rich, don't you think a lot of the heat that he gets as a player is because of his dad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was brought on when you have a, a grown man go on national television, every sports platform, and say, I'm going to have the, the greatest trio of sons to ever play in the National Basketball Association. And then when you look at what happened to the, the, the middle child, he's not even in the league right now. LaMelo's playing great over in Charlotte, but I think Lonzo was really at the forefront of all of this heat that he took because of his dad's comments because he was the first one in the league mm -hmm. and all these comments were made when he was you know playing at UCLA and he was projected to be a number two pick. Mm -hmm. Better than the Van Arsdales, do you remember them? I can't even spell Van Arsdale. V-A-N-A-R-S-D-A-L-E. Dick and Tom Van Arsdale. For all you millennials out there, including the two <laughs> who are out there on this program with me, Google it. The Van Arsdales. They were a pretty good brother trio. Long time ago. Jory? Well, in Lonzo Ball's defense, maybe some of this spurty play is coming because he's a young player. And in his defense again... He's continuously improving. We see that's in a number of categories this year in terms of just his shot, the free throw line, in the paint, some of those numbers. So, you know, I think there's a lot of upside here with Lonzo Ball. Like Richie said, the Pelicans are playing really well, I think because Lonzo, Lonzo Ball is playing really well. And the team said that multiple times on occasions as well, is that they're a different team when he's playing at the level that he is right now. And Sam Van Gundy's talked really highly about him since he's got here. So I think Lonzo Ball has a bright future. And we'll go from there. I do yeah. want to add this to just real quick. You know, the margin, the margin for error for, for young players is so thin nowadays because each, each year you have a crop of 50 guys, one and duns, they come from the G, they come from out of the woodwork. Uh -huh. So the margin for error is really thin. So I think, yeah, he's a young player. You give him time to develop. You don't know what the Pelicans' timeline is right now for him. So, yeah, he's in a contract I think here. the Pelicans do have time. I'm going to disagree with you on that, I, I'm, I'm just going to have to I go do with think it. they do have time, and I think you're way off base well, on that. I'm getting and out. I've been, and I've been, waiting, <laughs> I've been waiting to say that. But I get your point. I understand. All right. One other thing we want to talk about. Tulane baseball, they had media day on Friday, and we talked about the Green Wave and head coach Travis Stewart uh, back for another season. What do you think, guys? Is this a is this a – Regional, super regional. I think they're at least a regional team. Agree? I think they're at least a regional team. Absolutely. We talked a lot about the pitching staff. They've got a lot of those guys back. I think they have a nice mix of veteran and some young guys coming in. Obviously, they lose players like Hudson Haskin to the draft and a few graduated players as well. But Braden Oltoff is a guy that you got to be excited about. He was just spectacular in that great start that they had to the season now 11 months ago, which is crazy. But I think this is definitely a talented baseball team. Rich, how far? Regional, super regional, beyond? I'll give them super regional because I, I honestly was even joking with you last year. I was like, well, you think Tulane would host a regional? Which, you know, you never know. But, but in my mind, that's how good they were last year. I will forever reference what Michigan did a couple of years ago against Vanderbilt. I mean, they used three, their top three of their pitching rotation. They pitched them, they had consistent hitting, and they made it all the way to the College World Series final. So I think when you look at Tulane, you have consistent hitting. You have a great one, two, three rotation. And I know this year there's going to be four game series, which is going to be great. So it's really going to give your, your entire rotation the opportunity to not only grow, but prove that, you know, they, they are one of the best in the nation. And I think when you have those two things, consistent hitting and a solid one, two, three rotation, anything can happen. You know, it's an interesting point, too, with a four game weekend rotation, you certainly, I think, tilt the playing field toward the team with the deeper staff, true? Absolutely. And the, those midweek games, you know, at some point you see 
uh, like the Southland Conference, for example, they seem to be the kryptonite for LSU on those Tuesday night games. But you really see the bottom part of the rotation that the LSU Tigers have. So I think you'll see that now just on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I, I think you'll see more pitchers on Sunday than you normally would. All right, guys, thank you for joining us. And uh, we appreciate you and appreciate you being with us on the WGNO Sports Zone after the show. Reminder, we're with you every Friday night, 52 weeks a year at 1030 on NOAA 38. Thank you for being with us, including Richie, who's falling off the screen. Have a great weekend and happy Mardi Gras.